Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. I'm really, really sorry that I left you hanging with the last show, okay? It was just getting way too long, and I get in trouble if it gets too long. (laughs) So today, we're going to continue talking about bugs, skin, rash, things to do if you're outside. We touched on the fact of how to dress, the minerals, make sure your bodies are healthy when you're going into the summer. But now let's talk about some of the things we need to do as a preventative, okay? Number one is I suggest that everyone to start taking the Borlberg because the limes is so huge in our area these days that if you take the Borlberg, which is the limes nozode, 200C, then as a preventative, and take it, you can take it every other week at the beginning of the season and then just once a month throughout the tick season. And that's going to trigger your body to say, hey, there's a threat to this disease coming up. I better be on guard. And so you take the Borlberg, and if for whatever reason you get bit by a tick and you have symptoms that you don't feel well, you, you don't always have to have the bullseye, but very often people will get kind of like flu-like symptoms or they ache all over. They might have feel like they have a sore throat or the mammary glands will get sore. Or they'll have, um, you know, swelling under the armpits or they just like just feel paranoid because they feel like they got bit <laughs> and they're scared. I had one woman, she was so deathly afraid that she was going to die of this Lyme's disease that she called me in tears and she says, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to the doctor. They're going to put me on antibiotics. What am I going to do? And I says, hey, hey, it's okay. Calm down. We, we have, we know what gets rid of all these symptoms. So just, you know, calm down. So then I says, you know what? I want you to go take Aconite 200 because oddly enough, I've taken this lady's case and it was a, it's a really good remedy for her. But that's what I would do for anyone that was that afraid they were going to die because they got bit by a tick. So you give the Aconite 200 and then you put them on the Borlberg. You put them on Borlberg once or twice daily for three or four days and the Celesia or the Silica, three doses a day. The low potencies are good. You can use a 30X or a 6C and then they keep taking that Borlberg once or twice a day for three or four days and then take it another at least once a day for the rest of the week and then they can start taking it weekly and have them take that for six to eight weeks whether they think they need it or not for that full six to eight weeks because the thing is is if they really were infected with that Borlberg that Lyme's disease if you're taking a remedy once a week it's not you're not going to prove that remedy okay and even if you don't need it your body won't use it but the thing is is if that disease did get a deep-seated root you know within the body just like it takes six to eight weeks to heal a bone, it takes six to eight weeks to heal any other situation that's going on as well, if it's deep-seated. And there's no way for you to know if that's a deep-seated situation at that time. So if someone would come in and they had Lyme's disease, that's what I would do. And I have yet to see it fail. I've used this protocol, and I call it a protocol. It, it's, it's not set in stone. 
you know, you can have some variations of that. But when they do this, all their symptoms go away. And that's even if they've been on antibiotics. Because most of the time, I, I like to do the pharmaceutical cleanup, you know, with a Nux marmica, Arsenicum, and Silicea, or Silica. I like to use those that trio at least once a day, once or twice a day, for two to four weeks to get, clean up the pharmaceuticals out of the body, especially if they've been on antibiotics. The problem is, is many people call me and they've already been on antibiotics and they have all these symptoms. I don't feel we have the time to do the cleanup at that point, so I just go ahead and say suggest the Borelberg and the Cilicia. And you know what? They have fantastic results just on those two remedies, even without the pharmaceutical cleanup. So we've that's what we've done, and it, it is amazing. And I keep telling people, stop panicking. Now, if by any chance, and I've never run into this, but I'm sure it's out there, and it's usually people I already know that are calling me, so they're really familiar with the homeopathics, or they've done, you know, they've had their case taken, and we're familiar with their remedy, and they've had their constitution, and all these other things. It's That's usually what I'm dealing with. But it's not always, because this is a very acute situation, and people respond to it fantastically. And now I know, though, if someone had that, I would also put them on ascorbic acid, you know, the vitamin C, to really promote, you know, that healing, that type of healing. Um, and I would put them on any other cell salts that they were having symptoms of that would support their person. And, you know, like maybe the nat self just to support the liver while the liver's trying to clean up the system. That's what I would do now. I, I haven't done that in the past, and I've never needed to, but, you know, that that's what's available. So if someone did have symptoms that they suspected it was a tick or they knew it was a tick and the Borelberg and the Cilicia weren't doing, wasn't doing the job exactly like they felt it should be, I would probably say, you know what, if I don't have the time to take the case right now, I would suggest a doctor who does. Find a good homeopathic doctor to take your case because obviously they need their constitutional, they need their remedy. They have to figure out why they're having this blockage that they're not healing 100%. And then when they find that remedy, the homeopathic doctor after taking the case, then they would have a complete healing. There's no doubt in my mind that it's 100% curable every single time, especially if it's caught early. The problem is, is so often people will go to the doctor and then they'll go through round after round after round of antibiotics. And what's happening is that's not working. And so that disease has time to establish. And you can actually have some organic damage. And by organic damage, I mean wherever that nat natural weakness is, whether it be whether it be neurological or whether it be or, you know, an organ, something like that, there can be damage. And so I'm not ever guaranteeing that you can get 100% cure rate once there's that damage. But I, that takes quite a while too. You know, we've got, I have, there's one woman I know, oh my gosh, she came into my store and she was she couldn't have been 110 pounds, and she was at least 5'6 or 5'7. She was so, so slender, and she had had Lyme's for over 20 years. And she was fighting, and she was so, she had arthritis, so disforming. She was an absolutely beautiful woman, and but her daughter was there helping her, even to eat her dinner, because this woman was so, the destruction was so astronomical, okay? If she would have known about this over 20 years ago, she wouldn't have been like that. And, you know, but it, it's the price we're paying. I just, I feel so, so bad. But there are so many other types of diseases that we can pick up from these biting bugs. I mean, everything from, you know, parasites to, you know, other types of diseases that we can't sit and worry about it. You know what I'm saying? But just be aware of the fact that if you're healthy and you know the right remedies, 
you use those remedies, use cleanup protocols if you feel you need to, and heal that particular issue. So with the limes, like I said, don't be afraid of it. It's just the way it is. And I know I had a mom bring her kids in the other day and they all had the same exact bite on the back of the neck. It was so weird. She's like, but it's in the same exact place. And there was like, I think it was three of her, her children all had the same exact bite. And I said, that looks like a gnat bite to me. I said, so just give them the lead them and the hypericum on the hypericum for the itch and the pain, but give, and, but give them that lead them for the puncture wound that that gnat had left on the back of the neck and then they were fine. But like I said, you just, there's been so, like, there's so many diseases, you know, and different parts of the world, of course, have their own little diseases. And we need to understand, and I talked about this in the homeoprophylaxis course, is that where you're born, where your parents live, you have that natural immunity because that's the area of the world that you live in. And so you tend to build up, even it's passed down from parent to child, that natural immunity to certain diseases within the area where they live. It's when we travel and we're exposed to things that we've our bodies had never seen before or recognized that we succumb more easily to that particular disease. That's why travelers will more easily succumb to cholera or yellow fever or malaria than the people in the area that live there because the people who live there have that natural immunity. And I talk about that, like say in the homeoprophylaxis course on how our bodies imprint their T4 cells. And so anyway, it's really interesting and that's why the homeoprophylaxis is so exciting to me because we're able to imprint our children at a small age, at a young age, for these particular diseases that they will never really naturally encounter in their area. And it's proven that this works. So I also had, speaking of which, I want to throw this in real quick, I also had a couple of questions last week. Both questions were, their children have never been immunized and they want to go into the medical field. Okay, that's another whole show, but I'm going to throw it in right now because it was one of the things that was brought to my attention. I've seen this in the past, and then when I went to my my CIS course with Kim Kalina, she was explaining that very often these children who have never been immunized, when they get to that teen years or the late teen years and they want to go into that medical field or their schools demand that they get immunized, you can have their blood drawn, and it's it's kind of spendy, but you can have their blood drawn and you can have them check for the titers of that particular disease that they are demanding they get vaccinated for. Very often that child will already be immune to that, whether it's handed down or whether they've actually been exposed to a particular disease and their body built up that natural immunity. Check for it. Don't just assume their child absolutely has to have that. And if that titer is present, then that child does not have to legally be vaccinated. So that's one way we can fight this stuff too, okay? I'm just... I'm so angry at this stuff. You know, once we learn about what vaccinations really are and what it's doing to our children, oh my gosh. It it floors me how they can continue doing this. And there's so many people that understand the difference between vaccination and immunization. And please do purchase the homeoprophylaxis course if you have any questions at all on our homeopathy from mommy's website because it explains so many questions that so many people have and they keep calling me and emailing and it's on there okay we did the research and it I've had so many people say thank you Sue thank you thank you you're so understandable and you make it so easy to you know give these explanations to those around me because what happens is we've got so much division even within families as to the mom wants vaccinations the dad doesn't or vice versa the grandparents do and the parents don't and or vice versa and 
you know, we don't need any more division in our families than we're already being bombarded with in this terrible world of ours. Okay, it's not a terrible world. It's a wonderful world. But we're being bombarded. We need not be bombarded because if we know what we stand for on the inside, we don't even feel it necessary to explain ourselves to the world. We don't feel like we have to fight the world. We just say, no, I'm at peace here with this. These are my rights. This is what I can do. This is what I don't want to do, and I don't have to do it. Okay, so once we understand all that, and I am going to talk about some of these other things too in the very near future, but <laughs> there's so much to discuss. Just just know your facts, folks. And that's why I say, if you can listen to the homeoprophylaxis course, please do. It, it will help explain a lot of things. Okay, back to diseases, okay? We talked about the ticks and the Lyme's disease and, you know, the prevention, and you can actually go into the members, um, I, I guess if you sign in or something there's a members area I'm gonna have this kind of some of this information printed out for you so you can just have that reference as well like for the the ticks and the in the Lyme's disease and another thing is like for mosquitoes now mosquitoes and malaria yellow fever the West Nile the um, encephalitis and just not actual any disease that you may get from the mosquitoes but children can actually get really really ill because they can be bit too many times and so when, it, when you see a child being chewed alive <laughs> by mosquitoes and like one child is and one child isn't again in my cease course it was very interesting that Kim said once she starts treating some of these autistic children they get to a point where they start to methylate and you realize that they need vitamin B because those mosquitoes are suddenly biting that child and they never had before so that's an indication that that child needs vitamin B so cram the vitamin B guys it's 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 wonderful. You don't, like I said, when you want it in food form, you don't want, like, the pills. If you go and say, I want vitamin B, don't don't give that because it's too hard on the kidneys. You want to give it in food form. And spirulina is the best way that I know of to get a good vitamin B without harming your kidneys. So anyway, you can do that for the mosquitoes the, for the prevention. And then also, one of the other biggest tricks is Staphysagria in 30x potency. You want a low potency. The lower the potency, the better. You can go, go as low as a 12x. That Staphysagria used daily during times of threat, like mosquito threats, like through the you know hot summer months. They actually, this may deter the mosquitoes. And also, Leadum in an x potency may also help. But I have found that the Staphysagria 30x or lower potency, remember? lower X, that's the 10 instead of the C, 100, and use that for mosquito prevention. So as far as other bugs, I don't have a lot of information about other bugs, but just remember if you have chigger bites or, you know, like say the tick bites, uh, spider bites are huge. Um, and that bed bug bites, you know, we don't like bed bugs either because they carry tremendous amounts of diseases. So just I, I, I don't have a lot of experience with bed bugs. I remember the first one I ever seen. Oh my gosh, it was a cockroach. I mean, it was a cockroach. Oh my gosh, I about died. And we were, I was I had gone to Florida, and I'm like, what is that thing? And everybody started laughing at me because it was a cockroach outside the the barracks. But bed bugs are, you know, they they bite. They'll have little people have little bites all over them. Um, don't really have any prevention <laughs> information about them. I had one lady come one time and she said that a hotel she was a very low income woman she had been staying in a lower class hotel and she said that she had bed bug bites and she did she she showed me her arms and I don't know you know like I said I have no information about bed bugs at all but I told her 
to start taking liniments in silica for to get any residual effects out of her body with that. And so beyond that, I, I really, I didn't have any information other than please leave the hotel. <laughs> so, but these things happen. You know, like I said, we have to be aware of these things happen. Just treat the symptoms. You know, what did they look like? We treated the symptoms. And so with other bites, that's all I can, that's all the information I can really give you. Spider bites, they can be, you know, they can be kind of serious as well, especially if a person has a reaction to them. And I actually have, there's a combination remedy that's in my store and you can ask for it. Like if you go to <clears throat> the um, specialty, you can, you can just email and ask for it, but it's a bug, bug bite combo. And it's, it's really a, I like it a lot. Um, it's got three different, three or four different things in it, but they all complement each other to help with bug bites. And it's good for mosquitoes, spider bites, all sorts of things. But I always encourage people to know what they're using and when, how they're using it. So like, we're going to, let's talk about these individual remedies here right now, but just treat the symptoms and you and your family will do really, really well. So by symptoms, I mean, you know, what does it feel like? Okay. Is it painful? Is it just itchy? You know, what's going on? You got bit or you suspect you got bit. You're not sure. Take the preventative, you know, take always lead them because lead them is always for puncture wounds and any kind of bug bite is always a puncture wound. You can take the hypericum as well because hypericum is for tetanus. Not that you're going to get tetanus from a bug bite, but lead them and hypericum alter alternating complement each other so well that the hypericum, of course, is for the pain. So if the bite is painful, that's going to help with that. And, uh, and a lot of people say heat or ice. And that's kind of funny because some bites or wounds, the person, uh, I have to laugh because some people, will, the first thing they want to do is go run hot water over it. And the, uh, the next person is going to want to run cold water over it. Pay attention to that because that is huge. That's a group of remedies. Better for warmth or better for cold. And I do have a list of them here that I'll, I'll put up on that member's site. And so you can look at that. And it's not, obviously, it's not a complete list because with the thousands of remedies, but these are the most common remedies that you're going to run into that are better for hot or better for cold. And so if that patient says it's better for hot, what you can do is you can take just a, a spoon, like a teaspoon. You can hold that teaspoon under really hot water and make sure it's not so hot that it's going to burn the skin. But if it's just plain hot water, don't light it with a, you know, don't heat it up with a cigarette light or anything. But... It's just hold it under hot water and then you can press that back of that spoon on that bite. Very often that'll take the sting out and it'll take the itch out immediately. If they can't even stand the thought of the heat, then you can take an ice cube and you can place that ice cube over the bite. And very often that will take care of it. It's just it's just amazing because and then there's sometimes I know we used to have this ammonia stick plain ammonia like um, the ammonia that you have which is a deadly toxin but if you use just a just a drop of it on that bite that'll take the sting out because it depends what kind of sting it is we used to take and spit on you know to, you can put a little spittle on the end of your finger put that on the wound and put pour just regular table salt on it that will take the sting out or you can even take witch hazel. Witch hazel is amazing because it helps to reduce that swelling and it takes the sting out as well. But most of the time, if someone has a bite that, it's, that is itchy, 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 you can give sulfur. Sulfur is really good because it just builds that constitution and it makes the body, you know, 
less susceptible to that itch. And, there, and like I said, there's there's numerous um, numerous remedies, and I have found oddly enough, and it's not a real popular remedy, but sepia. People who are disposed to, especially like poison ivy, poison oak, and things like that, if Roostox isn't working for them, I've found every single time sepia will work for them. It's weird. And I don't know why, because Roostox is the number one remedy for any kind of poison oak or poison ivy in itchy type, um, allergy type situations. And if that's not working, you can try Roosven, which is Roosvenata, which is like the poison sumac or clematis. And if they're not working, I find that sepia or apis is, you know, on the other realm, you know, of course, of the animal remedies, but it's amazing how they'll just pretty much take care of anything. But sepia, it doesn't have to be red and swollen. Like apis is red, watery, swelling. There, there's going to be, you know, there can be kind of more of an allergic reaction type of thing. But we're, with sepia, it can look as though it's an allergic reaction, but it's not going to have that red, swollen look like the apis. So that's how I determine the difference between them. And that does, that's for plants or if you're getting bit by bugs as well because everyone has their reaction to certain things and that's how I determine that. For painful eruptions after spites or stings, the funny thing is, is this is a remedy that I have in my store and you can request it on the specialty button, but Cresodum. Cresodum, I wish it was in my book, okay? I'm so sorry it's not. Someday I'll do a second version and Cresodum will be in there because I use it a lot. But Cresodum is the type of remedy that when it's needed, the eruptions and vesicles or the nodosities and the blisters, they can be over the whole body, but they always resemble like bug bites. And so you have someone will come in, and I have this so often, and they'll come in and they'll go, what do you think of this? And they'll show me the child. And they can have like spots in different areas all over the body. And there just doesn't seem to be a rhyme to reason. It's not like it's a patch of poison ivy or it's you know, like one limb was exposed to, to like mosquito bites or something like that. They can be anywhere. They can be under the clothing. They can be on the legs. They can be in different parts of the body. And when you see that and it looks like a bug bite, it might not have a lot of swelling or anything else, but you think, what else could it be? Give the remedy Crisodum in a 30X or a 30C. You're going to be amazed at how they feel better. So we're going to kind of run down through some of these different remedies, but you have to remember that you're always looking at the symptoms of these bug bites. And by the symptoms, I mean, what does it feel like? You know, and yes, what does it look like? So we're talking about eruptions. And like I said, this we can't really like differentiate so much between the bites or, you know, like a reaction to a particular plant that you've come in contact with. But like... If you do have like the bug bites, insects, if it looks like insect bites all over the body, the chrysotum. If here you have skin eruptions or vesicles and they have a, if they, the child says, oh, they're just, it's like I'm being bitten all over. And there's nothing actually biting them, but if they feel like they're being bitten all over, there's a, there's a number of remedies. One of the most famous would be calcara or causticum or mezzerinum or nat myrrh. Rhododendron is also another one, and I do not have that in my book as well either in Homeopathy for Mommies. But again, it can be requested with the specialty button on our website. If the little blood blisters tend to show up, that would be like a gnat bite. And gnat bites, two really good remedies for gnat bites are Cantharis and Kalmia. 
The calmia sensation is a pricking sensation in the skin. There can be the urosyphilis on the hands or any other part of the body, and they can be like scaby-like eruptions, so like the trigger-type situation. It can be, they can be very, very painful as well. And it looks as if boils would form. And so that's the calmia situation. And like I say, it's really good for gnat bites as well as cantharis. I like cantharis because it tends to take that intense burning out. If you have skin eruptions that have kind of a bluish color, I always think of anthrax or arsenicum. Lachesis is a really good one as well. Acrotalus hor, calybic. And don't ever discount belladonna if you have any suspect that this is going to infect the body. Of course, anything that turns dark black, anthrax, arsenicum, or lachesis as well. When they complain of a drying feeling, I just feel like it's just kind of pulling and drying. And remember, you have to think of the synonyms of a particular word. So drying, pulling, clematis. Think of the remedy clematis for that. And heaven forbid, if skin eruptions should start to look like they're starting to ulcerate or gangrene is starting to sit in. It looks like the actually dis, the destruction is there. Again, belladonna, arsenicum, lachesis, carboveg. These are all some that you can just think of there. If they just have a fear of these bugs, lanthum bromide is a really good remedy. And hepersulf, because that could mean that they actually are getting the infection. Hepersulf and mercurius are the two remedies, remember, for infection. So if someone gets a bite and you suspect an infection is setting in, always give hepersulf or mercurius. Hepersulf if the skin is dry, mercurius if the skin is moist. Don't ever hesitate to give either one of those remedies. And obviously, you know, if you, you have, we're going to talk about Allium sepa here in a minute, but if it's, if someone's getting, has a red line in their skin and it's from a bug bite, you can go ahead and give Allium sepa. There's always going to be the runny nose with it as well. If the runny nose isn't present, then just go ahead and give the pyrogenium. Don't hesitate to give those infection remedies. Silica to get this poison out, pyrogenium to address this, the sepsis of the blood, and hepersulf or mercurius, depending again if the infection is actually present. And you're going to be able to nip it in the bud right away. <laughs> okay, the redness of the skin, if there's been a bee sting, is always going to be apis or sepia. And then stings from other insects or from wasps. Then you're again looking at the allium sepa, the carbolic acid, letum. You always give letum. Don't forget to give letum as well. And depending on, you know, how bad it gets, um, if the apis isn't cutting it, you know, you can give the Vespa as well. For mosquito bites, letum is the most efficient remedy to give for mosquito bites. So, like I said, the hypericum complements letum perfectly. And so those two are absolutely amazing to use together for any sort of mosquito bite. Fleas. Now, fleas, you know, people don't tend to get fleas, but our animals do. And people say, what can I do for fleas? Give that dog sulfur, okay? Um, you want a, like a 30C, you can give that dog sulfur once a week, arsenicum, lead him. And that dog is going to, you know, pull right out of that. And again, you just treat the dog. It's kind of funny because all dogs have personalities and very often whenever, <laughs> whatever the owner, the master, or the owner of that dog 
his remedy, very often the dog will respond to his remedy. I've seen it over and over again. It's really quite hilarious because you know how they always say that dogs tend to look or resemble their owners? They really do. They they tend to take on the persona of their owners. And I was at um, when I was at this CEASE course, I met a holistic veterinarian in the Twin Cities. <laughs> she was a really nice lady. And she, I was asking her some questions about my dog because I, I'm a guardian, a legal guardian for this beautiful golden retriever. She's our dog. But the friend of mine raises goldens, and I can't afford the line of dogs that she, she sells. And she knew I needed a dog. She said, Sue, I need a home for this dog. So we adopted this this beautiful golden but she had already been immunized and I would have chosen not to immunize had I had the choice but she had been immunized and so I was talking to this holistic vet about um, her her food habits she there's certain things she did our dog just can't tolerate and I'm trying to build up her good gut flora and so on and so forth she goes have you given her her constitution yet her constitutional and I said I said I wouldn't know how to give my dog her constitutional and so we started talking about that, and I started laughing. And she says, has she been immunized? I says, yeah. She goes, well, you know, nullify those immunizations. I says, yeah, I was planning to do that. And so after talking about this dog just briefly, she says, now you know what remedy to give her for her constitutional, because what was her trigger? You know, it was her trigger when we left her. Um, she, had, she was problem-free until we left her for two days, and my daughter and her seven children lovely family she loves the kids but she was still missing her real people <laughs> oh I had to laugh it was like it was so much fun so someday I plan to do a course and I'm going to go and visit with this holistic vet and we will do a course on animal animals and constitutionals and what to do with your pets and their animals because it's something that everyone needs to know about I know about farm animals and I know about basic diseases in animals and so that's what I have been using for 20 years but now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and the nuts and bolts of the the delicacies of these animals and how to help your animal to be healthy it's, it's wonderful actually we had a gal that had contacted us and she wanted to bring her dog up to me and I just said no I'm not qualified for that I didn't know what to do and so uh, Joy had suggested that I find a holistic vet in our area so I did and as it turns out I'm pretty sure the lady I had suggested was the lady that was at the CEASE program that we that I attended. So it was really fun. It's, just, it's really a small world. In the homeopathic world of medicine, I keep running into the same people over and over again, all these same doctors from all over the world. So it's really, really fun, and they're all so helpful, and it's, it's a great world to be a part of. That's all I've got to say. Because if I don't have the answers, I can, I can go to someone, or I can email someone, and I can ask them. And they're going to freely tell me because they care. So, like I said, once you start studying homeopathy and once you start seeing the miracles that homeopathy brings, you too will be convinced. And as well, your family. Okay. Some of the other things that, you know, when you're looking at symptoms is not just the heat or the cold. That's huge. That's, that's super huge when it comes to picking a remedy. Because if if it's a if it's a, a a skin rash or vesicles or an itch that is better for warmth like hot water or they want to put a hot pad on it or they want to put some heat on it apply heat 
then you're looking at it. There's a handful of remedies here, and I just I've just jotted down the most popular. It's anacardium. Anacardium desires heat. Arsenicum desires heat. Metarinum desires heat. Radium bromatum heat. Rustox heat and Rusven oddly enough is heat or cold. Silicea and Cephalinum. There's another one here that desires heat or cold and it's a remedy I have in my specialties if you ever choose. It's it's an amazing remedy. It's I cannot pronounce it but it is spelled I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-L-U-M. I call it the itchy remedy. It's actually made from fossilized remains of fish. It's the mineral of Tyrol. And that's the remedy that I used when I had no vesicles on the outside of my skin. I just itched intensely because I had, was my liver wasn't able to, when I was during my pregnancies, that remedy will control the itch. It is amazing. It's famous for itch with no external symptoms or external sightings. So that's a really good remedy to know about. And it's the only one I know like that that has no external, you know, redness or vesicles or urosyphilis or hives or anything else. It's just the itch is present. The doctor will think that child insane. But that remedy gets it under control because it's what's going on in the inside of the body. It's throwing those symptoms externally because it wants help. And that remedy, it, it is amazing. So that one's good for heat and cold. I always desired cold. I could actually, when I was expecting my seventh child, I itched so badly, so badly, that I would stand, I was, it was already well below zero, and I would stand out in a snowbank. And I would say, thank you, God, for this ice, icy snow. And, yeah, because the, I just wanted that severe cold to numb that itch. It was so bad. Okay, so those are some of the things you're looking at when it comes to remedies, what to look for, you know, the sensation. Always look at the sensation. What does it say? And how am I going to use that? But don't ever forget that belladonna and phytoloca intercurrently. These two remedies can treat any types of symptoms that, you know, for a deeper seated situation when the lymph nodes are affected or if you suspect that there's an infection going on deeper in, like I'm talking glands in the neck, because a lot of times the glands can be affected or the lymph nodes will be affected when someone is having a reaction to bug bites or even plant exposure. But a lot of times little kids, you'll notice that after they've been bitten by several mosquitoes or something, that the glands in their necks will all start to swell up. Or they'll have you know, nodes underneath their arms. Give these two remedies and add even add silica, silicea, to this trio because that's going to trigger their body to dump those lymphs. Phytoloca, we know, is in a 30C, cures cancer of the lymph nodes, of the mammary glands. It also triggers the body to dump these viruses and these poisonings out of the lymph system. And so don't, please don't ever forget to give those remedies when you are just curious and you don't know what else to do. So let's just run through some of the remedies here real quick. And like I said, I, I've kind of typed this up. You can look at the members corner and kind of get an idea of what to put in here. Um, like I said, I, I talk about the Lyme's disease, prevention from the mosquitoes, eruptions after the bug bites or stings, anacardium, 
Um, and all of these, it, it kind of touches on the skin symptoms. Um, anacardium and the skin symptoms are similar to Roostox. It also tends to antidote poison oak and poison ivy, which are basically the same exact type of situation, but they say poison oak is more intense. The skin is worse for scratching. It's very intense itching. The skin is insensible. Apis for bee stings, swellings, watery swelling, puffing, hot redness. Caladium, the itching rash alternates with asthma. So you'll have skin symptoms and then you'll have asthma type symptoms. Cantharis for gnat bites is really good for gnat bites. There's intense suffering, very raw and smarting feeling. Carbolic acid is the number one for anaphylactic shock. Secondary and apis is number two. Apis is, remember, it's great for that watery swelling and anaphylactic shock as well, but no, can't, carbolic acid is number one. Clematis, the glands are hot and painful, swollen, and even the inguinal glands. I actually, I wish I would have known this how many years ago. I had a child who, for whatever reason, I rushed her to the doctor because the down in her groin area on the one side, it, she was swollen, it was like a half an egg, and I thought it was possibly uh, hernia or something because it was in that inguinal area. The doctor said, no, it must be from bug bites. It's just the lymph nodes swollen down there. Just take her home. See, I didn't know. She had that for quite some time. But I could have given her this clematis, and that would have helped with that. Graphites. Graphites is a chronic poison oak situation. Where the person gets it all the time, over and over again, and the skin tends to break easily and exude this gluey, honey-colored discharge. Cresodum, we talked about that. It's as if bug bites are all over the body, but they, they can be very itchy and painful. Ledum antidotes the poison ivy and any puncture wound. The skin can be dry, itching, worse scratching, and after hot water. Um, Roostox is the number one remedy you give for poison ivy. And if that doesn't work, then you look elsewhere. The Roost Venata, again, it's in the Roost family. It's poison sumac, very similar to poison oak or poison ivy, but slightly different and the skin can be really really dark red. Well with regular poison ivy you use the Roostox. The skin is underneath isn't necessarily dark red but with the Roost Ven you look at the bright red skin. The sepia again I like that when nothing else seems to touch it sepia seems to always bring it home. Ilium sepa has not always been famous in my book but it is listed over and over again for any type of skin situation for bugs or plants but there's always a runny nose with it, okay? That Carriza, what we call Carriza. Cantharis, great for gnat bites. We talked about that. Cantharis is excellent for any intensely burning, smarting skin situation. And Vespa, again, is excellent for wasp bites, boils, burning, intense itching that can be relieved by bathing with vinegar. So with that, See, this class got really long as well. I'm really sorry about that. Like I said, I'll put some of this in the members corner here, and I hope this helps you. The main thing for me to stress is, like I said, obviously I can't put everything in this podcast. I can't put it in 10 different podcasts, but don't be afraid. Be aware of that you're looking at the sensation. Is it better for hot or better for cold? That's huge when it comes to anything skin. And treat the inflammation, if you think it's getting infection, just go ahead and treat it like inf infection or the belladonna and phytoloca if you think it's viral and it's getting stuck in the lymph nodes 
or the glands, just go ahead and treat those. And remember, cystis can too. If the belladonna and phytoloca aren't getting rid of the glandular swellings, don't hesitate to go towards the cystis can because that is huge for glandular. And it's really good for intense suffering. But there's just so much, you guys. Just just don't hesitate to have all of these things on hand. I, 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 I keep telling people, you know what? We're going to lose our right to these homeopathic remedies. It's coming down the pike. FDA is working on it like crazy. They're trying to get it so that um, homeopathic remedies will be in the hands of medical doctors or certified naturopaths or certified homeopaths only. And you won't be able to get these kits. You, you won't be able to have these on hand. Once you have these remedies on hand, they're yours for all time. Okay? They'll always be good if you keep them in in glass, dark brown or dark glass bottles. Keep them in a dry, cool place. Not, you know, not the refrigerator because it's too moist in there, but just a dry, cool place. Your closet, okay? Just a cool closet. Don't let them ever get overheated or, you know, excessive cold. I, I don't see that that's a problem. Under radiation. I have many, many people say they travel on the airlines. I always wrap my stuff in aluminum foil. Apparently that's not totally necessary because it doesn't cancel the remedies. It might alter them slightly, but it doesn't necessarily cancel them. But I still wrap them in tinfoil anyway if I'm traveling and I know they're going to be exposed to x-ray. So you have these remedies. Get these kits on hand. And people say, oh, I can't afford them. I mean, I, you know, I'm not just going to like volunteer to start giving kits away. But I would rather families have things and, and make payments than not have them. I, you know, I really, this is how important it is to me or get several families together and get these kits on hand so that you can all share. Don't take the, re the remedies away from the kit. Just put one or two pellets into the, a bottle of water and take the bottle of water away. Keep the kits intact. Have families get together to get these things on hand in the community, in your church community or your homeschool group or whatever. And, and just like I said, have one person in charge. Just, I really can't encourage this enough folks to get these things on hand. So with that, I'm going to let you go and, you know, don't be afraid of these diseases because you know what? You're in charge. Once you have this stuff, once you have the knowledge, you can handle any situation that arises. Okay? May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.